There have been many discussions over the past couple of months over the crime rate in South Africa and especially the growth in organized crime. The situation has worsened to the extent that some experts say the country has turned into a mafia state. This morning we take a look at the expected crime trends for 2024 and online we've got uh, uh, expert and CEO of IRS Forensic Investigations uh, Chad Thomas. Chad, thank you very much for your time and welcome to Radio Islam International. Thank you and a very good morning to you and the listeners. Chad, almost every time the crime stats are released, the picture only looks more dire. And looking at 2024, is it going to get worse? Look, one must understand that it's not just South Africa that's in the eye of a, of a storm when it comes to crime. The rest of the world is also experiencing a massive increase in financial-related fraud committed in, in the cyber and the digital space. The difference between South Africa and the rest of the world, however, is South Africa is experiencing a lot more violent crime. But what we do need to look out for, of course, in the coming months in 2024, is how financial-related crime is going to impact on our people. Because if one takes one cash in transit heist that takes place, and we see all the resources that are deployed to that one cash in transit heist, and then one looks conversely at financial crime through cyber and digital-related means, the values are astronomical. To give you an example, 40% of all crime reported in the United Kingdom last year was financial crime related using the cyber and digital space. Mm. In America, 2.6 million people were impacted by this type of crime, and it is growing exponentially in South Africa. Mm. So <clears throat> that's, a, that's a significant uh, re- revelation there. I mean, so many people are not savvy, tech savvy to begin with, and then to be become victims of crime is a real uh, worrying trend uh, globally, um, Chad. It, it most definitely is. And now, of course, we have artificial intelligence. And it wouldn't come as any surprise that AI-facilitated fraud techniques are bringing a new front in this battle against fraud, making it progressively easier for criminals to commit fraud. And we've seen AI voice generation platforms creating voicemail messages. We've seen deepfake videos um, to impersonate a person's identity, be it your friend, be it your family, be it even yourself communicating with your bank or a potential creditor. So the bad actors are really taking advantages of the um, tech advances that we've seen. Hmm. Let's talk about organized crime. Um, What are your predictions for the next year? It's going to get worse before it gets better. We're seeing a massive bloodletting at the at the moment in South Africa in respect of turf wars involving organized crime syndicates. We're seeing fighting taking place in Cape Town between gangs. Innocent people are dying in the crossfire. The same is playing out in Port Elizabeth, in Durban, and more recently in Johannesburg, specifically in the western suburbs like Nuclear, Westbury, um, and that particular area near Coronationville. So it's, it's very, very concerning that organized crime has reached a point where so many of their leadership have been imprisoned that other people are, are trying to take the lead and, and fill this, this vacuum. Then, of course, you've got the Zama Zamas. That is a massive organized crime syndicate. When we see these disheveled guys 
coming up from underground, being arrested by the police, we think, oh, there's, there's a bit of a success. But what we're not realizing is there's puppet masters behind these Amazamas. There's guys that are controlling illicit refineries. And this gold that's been illicitly mined has to somehow be introduced into the mainstream market. So there's a massive support structure in respect of the Zamazamas and the organized crime that's taking place there. So organized crime is something we really need to look out for. And they use murder for hire as a tool, and we're seeing a rise in assassinations. And the sad and unfortunate part is South Africans are being caught in the middle of all of this. And how do we fare in terms of tackling all of this? I mean, do we have experts in law enforcement to even start making a dent to these type of crimes? Such an important question. I'm so glad you asked, and I'll tell you why. Yesterday, there was a passing out parade of 10,000 police officers, and everybody now has bragging rights in government that there's going to be 10,000 more um, boots on the ground, people out there fighting crime. There's a big difference. They may be able to prevent certain contact crimes from taking place, and they may be able to arrest more suspects that they have seen committing these contact crimes. But arrests don't equate to prosecutions because the more arrests that are getting made means more dockets under investigation. But if you don't have enough detectives to investigate those cases, those same suspects are going to be back out on the street the next day. And we've seen this. We've heard of people involved in ATM bombings or cash transit heists that are on their third and fourth bail when they get arrested. Now, the problem here lies in the fact that we've lost 8,000 veteran detectives. There was no succession plan in place. There was no mentorship of seasoned veteran detectives to new members to train and equip them to take over when these guys leave. So we have a shortage of detectives. The Hawks only have half their capacity because they only receive half the required budget for them to come to full capacity and to be fully resourced. And then you have a problem within the NPA. They had an aspirant prosecutor program. They've been told that their budgets are going to be slashed. We're not going to have this new blood coming in. And the most serious thing coming out of the NPA is that we've heard that people that were brought on board as experts in commercial crime prosecution and appointed as state advocates at the Specialized Commercial Crimes Unit have not had their contracts renewed. So where you see a detective in the police has got too many dockets, triple the amount that he should be working, the exact same thing is playing out with prosecutors. We don't have enough prosecutors, we don't have enough court days, we don't have enough courtrooms, and we don't have enough presiding officers. Mm. Let's talk about house break-ins. Uh, we have house break-ins, home invasions and uh, house robberies. Yeah. We have businesses that are also targeted. Uh, what about these crimes? So again, a very interesting dynamic. What we've seen happen over the years is a, a, a hell of a growth in the private security industry. We're talking over two and a half million registered security officers in South Africa, of which around seven, eight hundred thousand are actually employed. That's more than double the amount of the police, the um, military and correctional services combined. So what effectively has happened is we have outsourced the policing and the patrolling of our suburbs and the reaction to crime in our businesses and our, and our homes to private security companies. And you can drive through any suburb that's middle class or upper class and you see it saturated with different security companies. But we're not seeing the same thing playing out in a township environment or the informal 
um, sector environment because the informal settlements and the townships aren't moneyed to the extent that they can afford this private type policing. So all it does is it increases this um, this this look that the people who are moneyed and those that have have now created a situation where they are better protected than those that do not have. And it's a model that needs to be seriously looked at because having such a huge security industry can only benefit the community, but it has to be all communities. And while the police have these challenges, they should be formalizing the approach that they have in using the security companies as force multipliers on the ground, but just not just in the affluent areas, also in the informal settlements, also in the township environments. One must understand that the disparity between the haves and the have-nots has grown significantly. And if we don't look after the people that are in these environments, crime is going to increase. And it's a problem that has to be addressed. Mm. Chad, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated on Radio Islam International. Thank you so very much. Go well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.